Hello, welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise. This is episode number 143. Do you have a vampire in your life? Well, who am I? I was a recreational therapist who worked in psychiatric hospitals, soon to be published author, have this podcast, Wide Open Spaces with Elise, and a blog that correlates to it. I'm glad you're listening to me today because we're about evolving. So listen, pop in your earbuds, and let's evolve together. I've made some real big mistakes, but you make the worst one look fine. I should have known it was strange. You only come out at night. I used to think I was smart, but you made me look naive. The way you sold me for parts as you sunk your teeth into me, oh, bloodsucker, fame effer, bleeding me dry like a goddamn vampire. Olivia Rodrigo. Do you have a blood-sucking vampire in your life? Well, let's talk about vampires. I mean, the tale is as old as time. The vampire Dracula, who lives in Transylvania in his secret, mysterious castle. There's interview with a vampire. There's the Vampire Diaries. There's the Twilight series, which is my personal favorite. And of course, all the Dracula movies. The idea of this mythical type of character that lures you in, that manipulates you, and then they suck you dry. Well, do we have people in our lives who are just like vampires? In Olivia Rodrigo's song, it's about that person, that vampire, who thought she was so naive that they could just take advantage of her. And I think we have a lot of people that can relate to having those type of relationships in their lives where they were manipulated or taken advantage of. You know, the, the vampire metaphor can be used in toxic relationships, clingy people, intrusive people, controlling personalities, and individuals with a really unhealthy mindset. Now, come on. You know you have had a vampire in your life at one time in your existence. Stop and think for a minute. I want to challenge you there. You've had a vampire in your life at some point. So let's reminisce for a moment. Maybe think back to a time where you had this controlling, maybe significant other, a friendship that required just so much amount of your time that they kind of just monopolize your time. Individuals who you constantly needed your attention, they're needy of you. You know that person who constantly calls you or leaves you messages or snaps you or texts you incessantly? That's a vampire. Are you starting to find the vampire in your life? You know, those toxic personalities that literally drain you of all your energy. Oh my God, I'm getting exhausted thinking about the vampires that have been in my life. So the big question is, how do you handle a vampire? I've had different types of vampires in my life, and I'll talk about the first type. 
being a therapist, having the personality of a therapist, opens me up to all kinds of characters. And when I was younger, I mean, I was born with this, I guess, magnetic type of personality that these people are drawn to. And when I was younger, I didn't realize it. And I would get sucked in. And time would, and I'd be like, how, how did I get into this relationship? And I realized and I saw a pattern that I wanted to fix them. I wanted to help them, that helper in me. And being that helper didn't help me because I had too many vampires in my life. And I so I really had to reevaluate and look at, okay, I am a therapist, but I'm also a person. And I can't be those things, to, that thing, that therapist to everybody. I can't just have every relationship or every person in my life based on me helping them. I'm a good listener. I give people time. And so there's a natural inclination for them to reach out to me. And to those of the people in my life where it's a give and take, where they reach out to me not just when they need my lending ear, they check in on me, they're there for me when I need that ear for someone to listen to. I'm not talking about those type of relationships because those are relationships that flow both ways. And that is the idea of a healthy type of relationship. Talking about the type of relationship what's really just one way. You can always be that shoulder for someone to cry on, as long as it's reciprocated. You don't want to be someone's doormat over the years where they just take and take and take. Okay, so let me share a personal experience with you that deals with my first type of individuals that are vampires in my life. I had an acquaintance who I had in my life. You know, those kind of, you have kids that you meet in mommy and me, or maybe you met them at a job at some point, or just in a party atmosphere, and you see them from time to time, and you bump into them, and you talk to them, that kind of person. Well, some years back, my phone rings, and I see their name, and I'm kind of excited that they called me. I hadn't heard from them, or seen them, or bumped into them in a long time. So I answer the phone, and you know, we do those nice little formalities. And the next thing is, listen, I want to ask my husband for a divorce. What do you think is the best way that I approach this? Well, the natural me is I help them. I give them constructive ideas. I help them lay out a plan that will be healthy for their children and to keep a copacetic relationship with their ex. And I hung up the phone. And I never heard from her again. Until I bump into her somewhere, and now I realize well, I feel resentment towards her because she only needed me for her and only reached out to me for her. And so not a real friendship. And so the next time, if there's a next time that that person reaches out, I won't be answering the phone. Now that's easy because, well, this is not a person I'm really connected to. It was an acquaintance. So made it much easier for me to set a healthy boundary that if I 
see her in public and I want to have the niceties, I can. If not, I can walk the other way. It's my choice. You have those choices. Remember, their fangs may be in you, but you can pull them out and you can replenish yourself. And so these type of people who only are there when they want something from you, well, that's a particular type of vampire that you might have in your life, like me. It's frequent. It's very um, consequential for me. And I run into the problem when this starts to happen with people that I am very close to. So let me move into that next stage. And this is the hardest vampire that we all have in our lives. It's the someone that you care about. And the challenge begins when you start to work that muscle memory of setting healthy boundaries. That's when your challenge starts. And I will say you really don't even realize that it's happening. You kind of have this aha moment of maybe you're, you're pulling away or you're feeling uncomfortable. You're dodging their phone calls and you're dodging their text messages. You see, we have givers and takers in our world. And you have to decide who you want to be. Are you the taker? Are you the vampire? Or are you the giver who gets drained of all the energy, the life drained out of you by others? So you need to be honest with yourself. And maybe sometimes you are the vampire, and maybe sometimes you're the giver, but you want to create a healthy balance for yourself. Let me share a, a situation that I had. This was probably the hardest vampire that I've ever had to release from my life. This person I was friends with since high school. And we had our ups and downs and went to different colleges and we got different friend groups and, and such, but yet, we were always in each other's lives. We'd see each other from now and then, and we would talk to each other. And you know, then she got married, and then I got married, and then I got divorced, and I was a single mom, and we had this relationship. And I noticed, though, when I became a single mom, the conversations were really one way. I mean, she was really there for me when I split up from my ex, because I had a one-year-old child. But the conversations, for some reason, and I don't know if it had to do with, because I no longer had a spouse or what, became very much one way. But I loved them, and I cared about them, and I just didn't want to let that go. I didn't want to lose that person in my life. And years had gone by, and gotten remarried and I, I had another child and I had a big event that was happening in my life and they did not make it their priority to be there for me in that event. Every excuse under the sun, even though they had over a year to plan for it. And I really think they just didn't want to come. You know how that is. It's kind of like that self-sabotage where then when you go and ask, your boss says, no, you can't because it's too late notice. Whatever it was. And I was completely crushed and completely hurt by it. And so I had to evaluate. 
my life and what and how I wanted this person to be in it. And as time moved on, we still spoke after, yet the conversations were all about them, completely all about them. Negativity, angry, they had a dark cloud hanging over their head. And I would listen, and I would listen, and I would hang up, and I would realize I'm exhausted. And it was nothing about me. She didn't ask how I was doing. Or she said, hey, how are things? Oh, I got to go. And I put up with this for a while. I was younger, and I, and I put up with it. Don't ask me why. Uh, again, my heartstrings, the attachment. She knew me from my youth. She knew my parents. She was there when I got divorced and went through those things. So I didn't want to let go. But the phone calls were beginning to manipulate my time. I had two children, and I was noticing I was taking away time from them being on the phone with this person. So I didn't answer every phone call that came through anymore. And it might have taken me a few days to answer back. And part of that was because I was still hurt by her, that she wasn't there for my big events in my life. And the other part was I was realizing she wasn't there for me, and yet her neediness, her manipulation of my time was taking away from my family. And so I had to look deep inside myself and say, okay, this person that I have this history and this, we had this love as friends, as sisters, what has it become? What has it morphed into? And what impact is it having on me? Does this relationship add value to my life anymore? And it didn't, because that person wasn't that friend that I grew up with. They morphed into something else. Due to their own issues, I don't take that from them. They had very, very, very difficult things to go through. But I needed to pull away. And when I pulled away, meaning answering a phone call maybe three days later, not jumping when the phone rang, not jumping at a text message. You know what would happen? I'd get messages, where the heck are you? Why haven't you called me back? You've never taken this long to call me back before. Call me back, I need to talk to you. I've got something going on, I need to talk to you. It was there in the recording exactly why I hadn't been calling her back right away. Why when I'm sitting in carpool line right about to pick up my younger child, do I not want to hear all about her doom and gloom and not caring one iota about me and what I was going through? I would call her back three days later when I was alone, when I wasn't with my family, so she couldn't take the time and it wasn't good enough. And so I wouldn't answer back. And I finally got a message. What's going on with you? Why aren't you answering my calls? Are you mad at me? Well, it was time for me to pay the piper. She pushed me into a corner. I was avoiding it. I was trying, I couldn't let go. But she really pushed me into a corner and I was honest. I wrote a long letter of honesty, of my feelings being hurt, 
still defending why they couldn't be there because their boss wouldn't let them, but not looking at the big picture that if you looked way in advance and let your boss know, you could have that weekend off. That was an excuse. And then I explained about the vampire, not using that terminology, but how I just needed some space, that it was draining, that I had my own issues going on, which obviously they weren't aware of, and I needed some space. And you wanna know what I got back as an answer? You mean after 30 years, you're gonna end this friendship? What a manipulator, because that's what vampires are. They manipulate, they toy with your emotions, they pull at your heartstrings. But at that point, I had looked so deep inside myself and I saw such a clear picture of how toxic this relationship was. And I said, yes, after 30 years, I need time away from this friendship. Well, guess what? They didn't want to give me the time. They unfriended me from all social media, and that was it. Because they couldn't handle the truth. Because they're not healthy. Now, I don't know what they're like now. Maybe they are. Maybe they've worked through it. I don't know. They're not in my life anymore. Do I miss them? Of course. I'm talking about them, aren't I? Because I did have good memories. Teenage memories. College memories. Boyfriends and such memories. Sleepovers and little trips, yeah. But that friendship ran its course. Some friends are meant for a short time. Some are meant for a good portion. And some are meant for a lifetime. And that relationship was not meant to be a lifetime relationship. Okay, so now that you've heard about one of my most toxic relationships and how I handled it, Let's talk about you and your toxic relationships. And I bet you you had a friend just like I just mentioned. Not the same scenario, but very similar. So here's some unhealthy responses that you can have with a toxic person, you know, that vampire. That you allow, your, you allow yourself to be that speaking board for them. You allow them to text you, to snap you, to call you, to FaceTime you, to listen over and over and over and you just feel mentally and physically exhausted by them that's on you you find an unhealthy response from this is that now you see that you're exhausted that they they've sucked everything out of you that they're becoming harmful to your mental health and by answering by texting, by snapping, by having a FaceTime, by calling them. You're continually sending the message to them that you're here for them. Well, they don't know any different. You haven't told them any different. So they're going to keep calling you only when they need some. You may not hear from them for a month, two months, three months, but all of a sudden when something happens, guess what? They're calling you because why? because you give them that sounding board. You give them your time where other people won't. The manipulation, the taking advantage of you, the using, the toxic personality. Now here's some healthy coping mechanisms. Okay, that's what I'm all about. Set boundaries, limit your conversations. 
Now, I got to the point where this person could no longer be in my life. This may be somebody that at this time you can't cut out of your life. But then you have to have healthy boundaries. Set the boundaries for yourself. If they're not responding positively, that's on them. But you set, set boundaries and you set limits on your conversations and your interactions. Maybe even say, okay, one time a week, have on the calendar, mark an X. I spoke to him this week. I'm not answering them anymore. Till next week. Whatever works for you. A healthy coping mechanism that's not so easy is telling them how you feel and that you no longer can be an ear to listen. So now you're their sounding board, the first one, but you're setting healthy boundaries and limits. But now you've gotten to the point where you no longer can do that. You can no longer be that person for them. And they may say to you, well, that's part of being a friend, or that's part of being a family member, or that's part of being a coworker. Not if it's unhealthy for you, it's not. And that does not have to be part of your relationship. Explain to them that you give them so much of your time and you don't find it being reciprocated. The same for you. Now, they probably won't be open to that. They probably won't receive that because they've put up a wall. You're in their mind criticizing them, insulting them, so on and so forth. So no matter what you say, it may not be received and that's just really on them. Just like that old relationship that I had. It wasn't received well. Are you going to throw away 30 years just for this? But it wasn't just for this. It was compounding and putting one thing over the other and over that it was a mountain worth of things, but they couldn't see that. And that's on them. And to this day, they may be angry at me. They may not even think about me, whatever. But I'm sure that their thoughts are not positive at me because they just couldn't see it. And maybe they still can't see it about themselves. Or maybe they've evolved and they've become a totally different person. And bravo for them. I know it's not easy. But you need to do this to maintain your mental health and healthy boundaries. A big coping skill that you can use is self-talk. Yes, your voice inside your head, you can say it out loud, but it's crucial in the moments when you need to make that decision to end that toxic friendship, family relation, etc. I will always be a helper in my life, but I don't need to be a doormat. Do you hear that? I will always be a helper. I'm a therapist, I'm a person, I'm a friend, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a mother. I'll always be a helper but I'm not a doormat. Are you a doormat? Be honest with yourself. Are you a doormat? Are there relationships in your life that you're a doormat? Is there a person that just doesn't add value to your life, that drains you and adds nothing, no value whatsoever? Now let's move into that toxic romantic relationship. Yep. I'm talking about you, you know, those toxic romantic situations that become a vicious circle. I have a wonderful relationship today with my husband, but boy, I kissed a lot of frogs before I found my prince. I mean, a lot of frogs. If you're in a toxic relationship, you have to ask yourself, there's one important question you need to ask yourself. 
Who is more important to you, yourself or your significant other? It's hard. You say significant other, stop. Stop right where you are now. Because this podcast or my blog, I'm talking to you. I want you to listen to episode 143 on my podcast of Wide Open Spaces with Elise. It's where you are right now. I want you to listen, listen to what I'm saying to you in this podcast. We're talking about codependence and unhealthy relationships. And ultimately, you don't put yourself first and you're not in a healthy relationship. You may be stuck in that romantic controlling relationship. You know, they control everything you do, where you're going, what you're doing, who you're gonna be with, Life 360, 24 seven, controlling you. I was such an independent woman, so independent. I, my parents didn't go to college. I was the first person to go to college off on my own. And ultimately, two of my serious one marriage and serious relationship before my current husband, they were both controlling, controlling people, controlling everything, what I wore, what I did. And I remember going to myself after the fact, what the frick happened to me? I mean, how did I let this happen? So don't beat yourself up if you're in a controlling relationship. Me, Miss Independent, therapist, found myself in two different controlling relationships. So don't beat yourself up with it, it happens. Listen, our significant others can change too. And we have to look deep with inside ourselves to identify that it may not be the best relationship for us. So if you're stuck in a romantic relationship, a friendship, family, coworker, whatever. They're a vampire. There's a vampire in your life. The strongest trait that a vampire has is being a manipulator. They have mastered that skill of manipulation and they completely drain the life out of you. Don't ignore the signs. Your gut and your initial reaction to their behaviors, believe me, no, it's not easy to end these relationships. And you might be stuck in this vicious circle with them, like I was. Getting together and breaking up and separating and getting back together. It's mentally exhausting just thinking about it. Imagining how much the vampire drains everything out of us. Like... Olivia Rodrigo says, these vampires suck you dry like a goddamn vampire. Now, this podcast is to help you gain insight into your behaviors, your poor coping mechanisms, and identifying those toxic relationships in your life. This conversation should be continued at a deeper level with someone close to you or someone professional in the mental health field. I'm just here really to get your sparks going, to igniting your brain, 
to want to make healthier changes in your life and to not feel guilty about these decisions that you make. It's time to take the stake in your hands and put it through the heart of that vampire. Metaphorically only, please. Let your stake be your words and expressing yourself to this person in a way that eliminates the toxicity from your life. It's all about communication, empowerment, and living a healthier life. So do you have a vampire in your life? Here's the challenge I have for you this week, is to be honest with your frickin' self. Be honest and identify who the vampire is or you already know and what the hell are you gonna do about it? Because they're not making you healthy. Your mental health is at risk here. So the challenge is, identify the vampire if you have one. What coping, healthy coping mechanisms are you going to take? And whether you want to keep this person in your life or do they need to be eliminated from your life? Let your stake be your words that empower you to make a healthier, positive change in your life. So that's it for me this week. Thank you for evolving and listening with me at Wide Open Spaces with Elise, the podcaster, the soon-to-be-published author, the blogger, the motivational speaker. I hope you were motivated today. Go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. Remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy. And until next time, my friends, ciao.